Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. It's Tim Heidecker, and you are listening to Hey Fan. Enjoy your morning. Hey fam, welcome to Hey Fam. My name is Levins. Famalama Ding Dong. My name is Angus. I'm loving these, loving these little. They're good, aren't they? Little versions of the word family. Yeah, if this was 19, no, if this was 2002, that would be polyphonic sounds that you could download, you know, on your phone. Did you ever pay money for a polyphonic ring? ring I did, and I'm trying to remember what it was right now. Was it one of the many um, Radiohead songs that we've heard over the course of the first season of Westworld? No, it was it was far cooler than that. I believe it was by a little unknown songwriter called John Williams, and I think it may have been the Harry Potter theme song. Dope. Polyphonic version. Polyphonic, yeah. Polyphonic Philosopher's Stone spree. On the show tonight, we're going to be talking about Westworld. We saw the finale. The <laughs> we finale. saw the finale, guys. We were invited to download the finale like the rest <laughs> of you exclusively and watch it. Before the people who have cable And let me tell you Thanks for letting us do that HBO I reckon I would probably get the award For the weirdest yeah. method of watching The finale of Westworld I can vouch for what you're about to say So I Because uh, to- I was watching you watch And that's how I watched it And I'm like <laughs> Mine's weirder uh, It's December And I'm a DJ And that means I pretty much spend every weeknight of December DJing at some corporate Christmas party Hanging out with the best people, the and greatest, I'm winking the when greatest I said people best. who who totally understand and, and appreciate the job of a DJ. Yeah. Um. So tonight I started hey, a gig. DJs, all DJs matter. <laughs> five a.m. Five p.m. Wow. Yikes. Five p.m. is when I started, and uh, people started to trickle in quite slowly. So for the first two and a half hours, I watched the Westworld finale <laughs> on my laptop while I played one of my old mixes. So you, you did you have headphones on pretending to DJ? Yeah. While they were plugged into your laptop yep. and you were just watching the show. That is such man, you could you could probably watch like an entire series like over the course <laughs> of a few nights just by pretending to DJ. Provided that like you know when, when this only worked because the first few hours of a corporate party corporate no setting. one gives a shit. Yeah. Like, no one really wants to dance. They just want to eat all the cat Shane hasn't catch up. photocopied his asshole on the, no. um, on the photocopy yet. Man, and this wasn't that kind of corporate Christmas party. I don't know what kind of corporate Christmas parties you did at Angus, but mine was far better than that. A corporate at the Angus Trust get incorporated Christmas parties, and let's say Shane's asshole's getting better every year. But uh, towards the end of the episode, I had to actually DJ properly. So That's a shame. I was straight up playing, like, five-minute songs. To... And then going back and watching like three minutes and then going back, playing the song, mixing the next song, going back, watching three minutes of the film. Jesus. It was fucking tense. Well, I just watched it in one go and that's very boring on my couch. (laughs) 
You know what? I reckon eating, this is a, eating, it's a novel um, way of watching watching television that I think everyone should, th- should consider. Yeah, I think that's amazing. What you did there is like akin to something that's in a comedy. Um, usually, where there's a plot point about somebody promising two different people to have dinner with them, and you're running between them. You this know, the, the Mrs. Doubtfire. This is a millennial scenario. version of that. This is a millennial version. That's amazing. That's really like seriously. If Louis C.K. is listening and he was younger and a DJ, he'd steal that for a for what a subplot. Reckon Louis C.K.'s DJ name would be DJ C.K. It's so obvious, but I think it has to be. Yep. All right, cool. A CK, the Sydney band, a tribute to Louis CK. Do you think, like, if you sync up, I've heard rumors actually, if you sync up their first album to season one of Louis, it's some Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> it's shit. Real proggy. Yeah, it's, it's shit. <laughs> I've heard it's shit. <laughs> uh, so, also on the show tonight, before we talk about Westworld, because we understand that a lot of mm. you have not watched that season and don't really necessarily want to hear a bunch of spoilers, the first no. thing they hear on, on HeyFam, we're going to be talking about PSX, which is the big PlayStation conference, happened earlier in the week. Did um, you go to that one last year? Was that what it was? It was? No, it's a Paris Games Week. Okay. Which I don't know. It was if- around the same time almost, wasn't it? Yeah, it's because you were it coming back. Definitely already happened. I, I, yeah. I, I don't hear anything from Paris Games Week this week. Maybe maybe PlayStation. <laughs> hey, Paris out. Games Week. Uh, don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they gave you that treatment, didn't they? Uh, but we're also going to be doing, um, you know, occasionally we get requests from people uh, asking us to talk about music. Yeah. I've said the word DJ five-ish times. We talked about CK. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to actually- We're this close to changing the genre of the podcast on iTunes to music. I'm going to go through the uh, Pitchfork top 20 rap albums of the year. Angus has read it. I haven't. Uh, I think we both are going to disagree with it passionately. What do you think, Angus? I don't think it's listed. I think it's. I think it's a lot more democratic. I think it's just like here's twenty albums that we liked. Okay, well, we can go through. Should we do that now? Um, yeah, let's music, do that music, now. We're going to do music talk. Then we're going to do PSX. If you guys don't like music, just like keep listening, and maybe you will. Um, a, a great man <laughs> once said, "Everyone deserves music." Thanks, Michael Frandy. <laughs> Uh, who I wonder if he's going to be in the best rap albums of 2016. I mean, look, there was a lot of uh, U-turns in 2016 with careers and genres. That's hilarious. As I'm typing in Pitchfork, I just typed in Michael Franti just because <laughs> <laughs> what you just did then, you incepted me with um, a beautiful man. You got Frantied. All right, so the first <laughs> album on this list is one I definitely agree with, uh, 21 Savage and Metro Boomin' yeah. Savage Mode. Made you a 21 Savage fan. Made everyone a 21 Savage fan. I believe I actually fan. texted you and said, please download this yeah. ASAP. You did. I, I think it. it was after we recorded once as well. And it was after we both bought Metro Boomin t-shirts. Yeah. No, I got it for you for your birthday. Um, and uh, you have a Metro Boomin t-shirt though. No, I bought I bought them, ordered them both. Yeah, one yeah. for me, one for you for your birthday. But you have one too. Oh yeah, no, I do. Yeah, but then two, two came for you and one came for me. Isn't that what happened? I don't think one came for... One came for... I, I want... I don't. I think you got the one with the logo on the breast and on the back, and you got the goofy American, the goofy, like corny one, which I feel really bad wearing now because it has Uncle Sam with a gun saying, "Does Young Metro trust you?" And in recent like political lights, it's pretty shit. So I like haven't really worn it since November the eighth or whatever it was. Yeah, I have an R. Kelly T-shirt that I can't really wear anymore. Don't well, playgrounds are okay, right? <laughs> so uh, this album, Savage Mode, um, I don't really like. I didn't really like the the rapper Twenty One Savage when I heard him on mixtapes because it was always him over like generic, very heavy trap sounds. Whereas Metro Boomin creates like quite a lush soundscape. Probably and the most spoken about producer this year. He's you, my you know, favorite producer of the year. Mm. Um, Where's he from? Is he Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he's actually going to be touring here next week, next year. I'm not sure what to expect from that, but that's massive. Definitely listen to this album if you really like Future. Future is on it. This is like yeah. a really Future dark, line. much simpler lyric lyricist um, mm. to uh, to f- Future. But there's something charming in that. 
Less uh, lean. He's more very, mean. He's very mean and he's very unlikable. But I don't. I, some, it's part, that kind of appeals to. And me Drake brought him a Ferrari this year for his birthday. I mean, I mean, say no more, fam. <laughs> I'm still waiting for mine, Drews. Um, would you say the? Compared to future, there is less lean but more mean. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's great. That should, be should, a, that should be his next mix. Should we manage him? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hit him up. He's probably a real, a real cunt to deal with. But oh, that's okay. We'll have some proxies. <laughs> uh, so the next album on this list is Kodak Black. Black's I didn't. I haven't heard it. Little Big Pack. I hate the um, the, the artwork. Yeah, and, and I the think, name. Can we describe it? It's an ode to the notorious Big's famous album. Uh, what's the title again? Uh, not re- not ready to die. Yeah, not ready to die. The little baby. Yeah, is it ready? No, no, not not ready to die. Fuck! Look at us. The famous. I'm not a biggie fan. I'm seeing little Yachty. Who gives a shit about <laughs> notorious behind? We're scrolling past Kodak. <laughs> we both didn't listen to Kodak Black, right? I, I, I've heard like one or two songs of his. I know I listen, need to listen to more. He's from Florida. Most Southern rappers are, are, are to yeah. my taste more than you know, not the South. Um, Danny Brown's atrocity exhibition. So when Danny Brown first put out. Um, XXX Which mm-hmm. is an album that, On Fool's uh, Gold On Fool's Gold That I really really liked I loved it when he did So this real... is his third record Isn't it And Yeah, yeah XXX was first Maybe it's even fourth um, But uh, No he did this And then Old And then A trusty exhibition So uh, I loved that real nasal Crazy Danny Brown voice On, the, on those tracks um, the most, but now I've grown to really like his deeper voice and that that not like not crazy voice. And yeah, then- you can tell that this was recorded way way later. Like, what's hilarious is you can tell. Sorry, but in light of the avalanches, Frankie Sinatra, you can tell that was recorded a long time ago when he was I starting to do that, that zany, really wonka voice. Oh, it's a terrible. I love that body. song. But there's a lot of the opening track. Tell me what I don't know and stuff on here. Like he uses. That's not the opening track, the second track. It uses his like normal voice, which I imagine Danny Brown sounds like when you're talking to him, as opposed to the I'm into that. cartoon character. And I'm really into that too. I mean, the record title takes itself from a Joy Division song. Like I know that for a fact as like an old Joy Division fan. And he's it's kind of interesting. There was a line in this. It said that he's the most avant-garde artist in hip-hop right now. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. I wouldn't agree with that. I think he's the most one of the most indie. Who, would you, who would you offer up instead? Like true avant-garde or avant-garde in hip-hop? Either. I don't know, man. At the oh, moment, yeah. it might be Young Thug for me. Yeah, Thug. Young, like, I, especially I, I, after Jeffrey, like that album cover, the track listing names, like everything, and some of the songs in there. Like, I'm like, that's pretty fucking avant-garde. I guess people... It's not a 10-minute music video with naked people like Kanye. Like, that's actually a avant-garde. A re- music fan might suggest that um, Danny Brown is way more self-calculating and clever yeah. than Young Thug. I don't necessarily agree. No. Young Thug is far more to my taste than Danny Brown. But Yeah, same here. Uh, I would rather listen to a Young Thug Thugger record over a Danny Brown record. Well, hopefully we get day. the chance to talk about it later in this list. Uh, chance the Rapper's Coloring Book is next. Look, it's the success story of the year. Uh, it put Chance to superstardom, I think. It- Put chance on like Good Morning America's, you know I, what I mean? I've read a lot of really dumb articles this year that are like, "Why do people make fun of hip hop all the time? Haven't you listened to albums like Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book? It's like one of those albums that's really good. It's liked by really lame people. Yeah, it does what it does well. It reminds me of what a Childish Gambino rap album did for people. It's like a lot of people's my first rap album, like their entry. And look, that's not a bad thing. I think no, no, um, it's, it's and it, like, for one of those albums, it's really, really good, and it's going to live on. Like you know, this is going to be like the one of the, the great albums that people kind of give to kids in, in high school. Totally. And, and, and what's it blowing me out? It's still a mixtape. Like, he's just about to record his debut album, he said in a recent interview. Are you serious? Yeah, like, this is his third mixtape. <laughs> that's so funny. Like, that's insane. And I mean, 
it's really interesting. Like that album wouldn't have existed, I think, without Kanye and his relationship. You know, it's interesting. Pablo yeah. came out. He's on Ultralight Beam. This comes out. They both surf those gospel waves. Um, a lot of cool guests on the album too. Futures on it. Bieber sounding. And there's in this list. It's actually like it's the first time Justin Bieber sounded relaxed on an album. I, don't, I disagree with that. You I think absolutely so? disagree with that. Relaxed he's, people. People that would say natural. That, no. Oh man. He's listen to journals. Journals is a really really You've hype said this to me before. Fucking Bieber album. That uh, if anyone doubts that Justin Bieber has it in him to do a good song, there's like at least nine of them on on that album. And it's an purpose. Al- I thought Purpose was had a bunch of good songs. Journals is infinitely better than Purpose. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. infinitely. Um, also, uh, Problems by um, big song, huge Chance summer song with uh, Lil Wayne and uh, Two, Two Chains. Yeah, Two that, Chains giving some great, of his. That's a great track. Spin your hair around like a helicopter. <laughs> run shit like diarrhea. It's got some classic oh, Titty yeah. Boy line. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like he's got it says the foulest shit on that. It's fantastic. There's a Yeezy feature on it. Is future? Yeah, futures on it. Futures on it. Which is a you know, and, then, and Jeremiah's on it too. Jeremiah's on it. But then I think uh, what isn't like yeah, there's like re- there's some indie indie boys on there too. Boniver. Regina Spector. No, she wasn't on it. She got taken off, but she was supposed to be on Same Drugs. Oh, right. And there he retweeted, he did a I'm a Fixed Wolves style tweet, which Kanye did when Pablo first came out. He's like, oh, I wish I didn't take Regina Spector off Same Drugs. Oh, there you go. There we go. Next on this list is Kevin Gates. Isla or Isla? I don't know how you pronounce that name. Yeah, I haven't listened to this. I know uh, Kevin Gates, so I have his, uh, what was what were the mixtapes? There's heaps of... Kevin Gates Where it's like tapes. another guy's name Luca Brasi Yeah yeah, yeah. I had the Luca Brasi mixtape There's a, I was uh, about to say There was a Mafia Godfather reference And that was it Yeah he's really good He's He is from uh, Baton Rouge And uh, he is a pretty awesome I believe that's and, and in uh, Louisiana rapper. That's right And uh, this album is His most mainstream kind of outing so far You vibe? Uh, I like the, the song Two Phones Which was the, the single Oh yeah I know Two Phones I play the, the shit out of that But I, I, again He's one of those rappers that Occasionally sings And I like it When he does the sing-songy rap You more do than like his, it like Straight up street Is that more stuff. of like A pop angle too When he does that Yeah Like is it more pop it's sensibility like, like for me Like I didn't understand Why people didn't like Views on off the By yeah. Drake Off the back you and I Still don't understand Like people People like Drake As a rapper Which makes no sense to me Like Yeah Like you don't That's not what Drake is Drake's whole point of difference Is he is a singer-songwriter Who yeah. occasionally raps And what he does He's good at rapping I think he's fine at rapping. I just good at it. I just like I like I like his real melodic sing song rappy style, or or just straight up singing What's more than it? like a you know, feel no ways. We spoke about yeah, oh, feel no ways. <laughs> I wonder, yeah. wonder if you's going to show up on this list. Well, look, I know the answer, but I don't want to say. Uh, next one on this is Car Onos killed the Sabre. Yes, Samurai. I've actually got this is Brooklyn. No, where are these? No, Brownsville. There where we the go. Fuck is Brownsville? Um, is let's what, find out. It sounds like it's not what you would call your butthole. It's got a lot of like samurai samples. It's got a, it's very like a bit of a Wu Tang throwback. So it's got to be New York. Um, it has to be. It's I've heard this actually on this isn't a plug for Apple Music, but you know how they've started doing. Have you got, have you seen this? My new music mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it sends you that, and I actually just I listen to that just every Friday when I get it. Listen to yeah. based off stuff I like, and I was like, this is is this old? Or DJ algorithm. Yeah, DJ algorithm the is in the, in the house. Uh, you should check it out. It's Car. not bad. All right, I will. Uh, next on this, this is what probably my favorite. Mm. Album of the year, um, Kamaya, A Good Night in the Ghetto. Yeah, Kamaya's great. Kamaya. It's fantastic. I remember having an argument with a friend of mine and yours uh, who was telling me about this great guy called Kamaya. <laughs> he, he was a really good rapper. And I was like, no, it's actually... I'm like, yeah, agreed. But well, it's actually a girl. She actually kind of sounds like Lil Boozy sometimes. True. Um, but I was also like, come rapper. on, bro, just Google before you say something like That's that. That's true. Um, so she is a West Coast rapper. Um, the production on this is real hot. 
she's from not San Francisco. She's, she's from, from Bay the Bay Area. area. Right? Yeah, 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 she's yeah. Bay Area, and it's yeah. a very Bay Area sounding rap. I would say Bay Could Area. Nineties. Bay Area is one of the way. top five great rap cities of America. Wow, um, be cool. Yeah, yeah, she's Oakland, of course. Yeah, Oakland um, has a bit of a throwback sound, but without sounding like retro. Yeah, you know, and there's we'll- a warm fuzzy feeling which you have with the nineties West Coast. Production in parts Yeah but this is far more like This is almost kind of lending more to like E40 and uh, and like even like The prototype of the hyphy sound In the, in the production It's really really great And uh, one of those rappers where um, Like I really like uh, Mia X from No Limit Because she would Like No no Limit the, the New Orleans label That Master P ran Would say some horrible things about girls <laughs> On songs Master But Mia X hey. Was on No Limit And she said some horrible things About dudes And wow. just like Big old cool sex jams And uh, <laughs> That's what Kamaya does On some of these songs it's, She's it's, been it's, Popping it's, up on a few things as well I'm just trying to think She's on YG's album on, She's on uh, YG's album excellent song yeah, Why You Always Hating Why You Always Hating That's why uh, This album is was free she on anything else This please? album is free on, on her website If you don't have a streaming service yeah, You can actually free down, anywhere. Download this uh, I think it's a mixtape too actually Download it for free on her website Look it up Kamaya Real good What else was she on? I know like we can look this stuff up But I'm, I'd rather just pretend That we're, that we're good. I don't, She just popped up on, on lots of different Yeah different she's things popped up year. a bunch She's sick um, Dig I agree with that Is that what, Yeah Do you agree with that one? That that should be on there? Yeah Of course I agree. That yeah. was my favourite of the year yeah. Yeah. Um, Kendrick Lamar's next on here Untitled Unmastered I, I, listened, I didn't love it I listened to like one or two songs I liked that song that was produced by Swizz Beats Kid Yeah The video about that is cool <laughs> Yeah I know I think I just like the video Look I think Kend- And I, I really respect Kendrick Lamar I think he's terrific I'm at sure what he does I'm sure he appreciates that I'm sure that as he's listening As a listener yep. um, As a listener I'm sure K-Dot likes it But I think there's this I have this unpopular theory of a lot of people. It's unpopular with a lot of people. I mean, that Kendrick gets away with murder, not actual blood crip gang murder. Which oh, you does mean sing like, about like doing like the worst features? Of well, he the can year do an Imagine Dragons song and a, a Taylor Maroon Swift Five. song, Maroon Five feature, but no one ever says like, "Damn, Kendrick's whack." But sorry, this is going to become another pray for Kanye moment. But if he releases a music video, which is you know super controversial, pretty much high high form art. With you know naked sleeping bodies, it goes for like ten minutes. They're like, oh, Kanye's so shit. It's like, no, no, no. He he hasn't. He's he's made a video that he's into. He hasn't released a feature with Imagine Dragons, or he's on the Amazing Spider-Man Two soundtrack, rapping over a Kendrick uh, Tame Impala song. Like, I just find Kendrick gets it like this. People just block out all that stuff he does. It's never considered in his canon, which I'm like, no, you've got to consider that. And yeah. Noisy actually did an article this year, that, which kind of I came out after I voiced this opinion to somebody, and they're like. It's almost like you wrote this and it lists like the most embarrassing shitty features he's done. But I just think like, I don't know, if anyone else released that, no one would care. It's great at what it is. I I read a really great quote about that Maroon 5 single that he did where it says, I don't know what's sadder, the fact that um, Kendrick... Lamar needed the money enough that he that he did the feature mm. on the Maroon Five, or if he wanted to, or do it. if he didn't need the money and just wanted to. Yeah, what I which mean, is that? Are those? I saw Kendrick this year, and it was one of the best shows of the year I've seen. He was incredible, but I just think he also he's. I hate the fact that he's pulling this like a release, and it's not like an album because they are kind of leftovers of the last album, and it's kind of like, well, do people need to hear that? I do. I, I I understand that. I kind of like. I, I love going when 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 people release like a bunch of shit that didn't make their album. Because mm. I mean, I mean, it was ten if, months from the album. If, like, yeah, but if sad. Kanye did that, that you would lose your fucking mind. I don't know. He wouldn't do that though. 
Like he I has, wish he would. I'm sure he, there. I bet there are so many fucking great weird Kanye songs. Oh yeah, but I don't think he'd release them the under like a non-titled, non-anything. He it should would be a. He should Kanye. I just think I don't know. The album's fine, but I never put it on to listen to a lot. Yeah, I don't. I, that, yeah, I, like, I don't know why I'm defending an album that I didn't actually listen to. <laughs> just like this next one on here, No Name, Telephone, and the reason I won't listen to this album is because the first line in this review is No Name is a poet first and a rapper second. Dude, but don't you know what rap is? It's basically poetry with music. Not my rap, buddy. Hashtag not my rap. Next one um, on here. So Joey- that's it. That's all you're gonna say about one of the only other female. Yeah, rappers? I, I don't need I'm to joking. give shit to a fucking poet. <laughs> she's fine. She's you know she's unhappy enough. I'm sure. As a poet, Joey Perp, Eye Drops. Um, I don't know who the fuck Joey Perp is. Joey Perp's not bad. He, he did a track this year with Chance the Rapper. He's part of. I think he's part of like that weird. What's that? Donny Trumpet experience shit. What's what? <laughs> there was that Chance thing. You know, it was like the something experience experiment. Oh yeah, that's right. Pretty sure he's part of that outfit. Right. Okay. Cool. Whatever. Yeah. I'll listen to it. Push the T. Darkest before dawn. I was into it. I yeah, I think I listened to it on once. It. Yeah, so. I listened to it when I was in Japan earlier this year. It came out like New Year's Day, I think. Maybe, um, and, and, it's, and, it. It, and it's kind of like way darker than yeah his other stuff. Then my right? name is my name. It was just it was it was like yeah it was great. Is that it? No, there's one. More, there's one on the list, guys. It's, it's got a hectic more. title though. You, even though they're calling it Darks Before the Dawn, have you seen like the full title of it? No, it's like so funny. Is like, it like that Fiona Apple album title? That's like 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 sixty words. No, it's whack in the sense that like because he was supposed Pusher was working on another record called King Push, which he's been working mm-hmm. on for a while apparently. You know, sometimes artists take like a break. So, and, and to work on a different album? Yeah, or, so this yeah. one's called King Push, Darkest Before the Dawn, The Prelude. <laughs> like it's not even King... I'm just not that, sure what it is. That was like that super confusing um, uh, prequel to the Force Awakens comic that Marvel did. Oh, yeah. That was Journey like, to the Force Awakens. Yeah, oh God, but it was like worst. set three years be- three, 33 years before. Um, so next one on this list is an album that I liked quite a lot. Race Remids, Great Rem album. Life 2. Terrific record. Um, um, you probably heard it if you've like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you're like, I don't listen to rap music, hey fam, but I do like memes and the mannequin challenge. Yeah. Then I'm sorry. You've heard this album. Well, you've heard a huge single from it. So um, I DJed on the Central Coast in, of, of New South Wales earlier, like on Saturday. What was it? The Terrigal... McDonald's. Uh, it was, like was a the- place in Erina called Proud Marys, and someone. It was, oh no! It was, I meant to say it was another corporate gig. I was trying to think <laughs> of some businesses up there. It was a '90s dance night, and a guy held up his phone at like 9:30 with saying, "Can you play the Monique Challenge song?" Wow! Did you play a Monique? Song? And I was like, "It's." I, I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then he wrote Black Beatles. And I knew what he was talking about. Did you play a Monique song? And I was like, "Yeah, should have the Monique Challenge song, <laughs> yeah. which is actually brand, a Brandy song, challenging Monique, uh, Monica." Um, uh, yeah, and, I, and then he was like, "Can you play Black Beatles?" And I and I said, "No, it's a '90s night." And he goes, "I don't give a fuck." <laughs> That's why I don't live on the Central Coast. Uh, Race Remed. Also, is- if you're from the Central Coast, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, Race Remed is uh, just two cool shirtless skinny boys. Yeah, They're second brothers. record, wasn't it? Second album. It's called Srem Life Two, named after the first <laughs> album, which was called Srem Life. Which wasn't that great. Well, no, I fucking loved that album. You, really, you, you didn't it? like it? I, I didn't love it. You know what? I'll give it another listen. This this one's a lot more kind of vibier. All the songs kind of make sense uh, Mm. together, whereas the other one was like a good collection of songs. But um, that their first album took a lot of people by surprise because it was just like a fun hip hop album that not many people had you know put out in the last couple of years. I love uh, young Atlanta rap a lot. Like without going down the dark route that Future takes, I love that really like fun melodic stuff. In fact, I've done three mixtapes almost entirely 
featuring that kind of rap chord, uh, 1 million IQ, 2 million IQ, and then I jumped forward 2 million more and it made 4 million IQ, the mixtape. And it's just about real fun young raps. And there's heaps of Atlanta dudes on there. It's like proto- young, dumb. prototype race remed. And full of fun. That's right. It's the PG version. Um, no rubbering up tonight, long time listeners. One of my favorite rap albums of the year, I think, that race remed out record. Uh, here's one that I'm, I'm, I'm still, I haven't quite given it the proper listen oh, uh, to, you know to really make a decision, but I, I'm into it. The first time I listened to it, I didn't like it. The second time I listened to it, I really liked it. Yeah. I'm talking about Tribe Called Quest. I listened to it while doing chores and I was walking to and from shops like around where I live and it was like a hot day like today. Like I know we're not supposed to, you know, these podcasts are timeless or whatever, but it was fucking hot in Sydney today. Well, it wasn't like compared to the rest of the week. Um, it was way hotter yesterday and the day before that. Maybe humid's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it was humid. It was humid by like five and I was walking around. It was a very humid day and I put the the, the album on. Well, we're talking about Tribe Called Quest, by the way. It's called first We album. Got It From Here. Thank you for your service. Was it first album, 18 years, 16 years? Yeah, no, no just first album. First it's, album, it's, brand it's a, new it's band. It's a debut from a young, yeah. young New York trio. For some reason, they're fa- for some reason, it was reported that their, uh, one of their founding members died before the release of this, <laughs> just, even though they hadn't put a record out. Uh, yeah, and it, it really hit me. I don't know. I thought the production was great. I thought they were the rhyming was great. I thought the rapping it's you know I, thought, <laughs> I really like all the Buster Rhymes patois moments. So great. I was the like features are crazy too. There's great features on yeah, it. Yeah, the Andre three thousand, like yeah. where, where he goes like Ballistic. line for line with uh, yeah. Q tip. It's amazing. Yeah, there are things on this album that I that I shouldn't like as someone that often pushes away like the idea of backpack rap and, you know, yeah. even just classic hip hop. But uh I found myself quite enjoying it. Without getting too political, do you think it. in light of certain times maybe that's why it's working what do you mean what political towards and there's a track called the donald and there's stuff about oh i just I'm, think it's it, kind of like you know they have a lot to say they lost a member and I, I i too am not sometimes one not backpack rapper more like a nostalgia let's make one like we're used to i'm not a big fan of that to me but, this doesn't actually sound and this does that's what i'm saying it doesn't yeah. sound that throwbacky which yeah. i think is really good and i think it's like Good that it arrived. Maybe, maybe people need to hear it. Maybe there's messages. Oh, on I'm never mad at an album arriving. Like if if an, if I don't like an album, as long as I don't have to hear it every fucking yeah, day, it's up to you. Yeah. yeah. Except I work at radio stations, so like yeah, fuck. I hear it. I hear. So the next one on this uh, list is oh um, these Irish hard album. This is a guy that I've never given the time of day no, to. Franco, who I do half right crooks with my party. Um, it's good, man. He fucking loves anything to do with TDE, Top Dog Entertainment. <laughs> I pref- he did a mixtape, I guess you'd call it before this, which was maybe demos or something like maybe three years ago, which was really great. I'm not sure if I like this as much as it. Hmm. I mean, it was a long time in the making. Like even the opening track, I think it's like a phone call from like uh, someone being like, where's your album? Like right. the Top Dog. Dude. Who's the Top Dog, bro? Schoolboy Q? No, not Schoolboy <laughs> I mean, he is in TDE. But- and, and he's also next on this list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is he in Black Hippie as well? Uh, is that school by Q? Yeah, I think so. Jay, yeah, Electronica, and Kendrick, and Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to Black Hippie? And there's one other guy in there too that I, whose name escapes me. Is that bad that we don't talk about him? Um, it's just bad that he hasn't. He's yeah, not, he's not putting out those those big hits. Um, uh, fuck, I'm just trying to think who it is. Don't worry, who cares? No one listening cares. Um, <laughs> Schoolboy Q's Blank Face LP. I was into it. Didn't listen to it. I, I was uh, surprised. Next one on this list: Skepta, Konnichiwa. Didn't uh, listen to this either. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, if you want you, some... Yeah, you, you could probably not escape either of these albums being yeah. them one of the five. Actually, no. Triple J plays lots of rap now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it. Like, you know, we played Black Beatles recently. 
Yeah, just yeah, and before, I messaged who was on air before I was, the Monique challenge. I was at home. Uh, no, I was in a car and I heard it, and I was going to visit my parents. And I texted Linda, who played. It. I was like, "Oh my god, you're playing Black Beetle." She's like, "Yes." I was like, "That's insane. That's great." I like the, the the best thing about the Monique challenge is that a song featuring Monique Gucci Mane, Monique challenge, yeah. is that a song featuring Gucci Mane is number one. Or it's insane in the states. It hasn't it been Gucci's year? That's I mean, so good. It's yeah. been a big comeback of the year. Um. Great Kanye feature, which a lot of people are saying was like one of the best features of the year on the Schoolboy Q record for that part. Which when I, I saw you, oh, Kanye I this year, oh no, when I saw Kanye this year, he actually does like Schoolboy Q's that part. His yeah. verse, which is the okay, 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 and everyone was like, Schoolboy heard it. He's like, it's so weird, and he didn't like it at first. But then he's like, no, then like I couldn't get out of my head and for days. He's like trying to going to get Kanye to redo it or something. But he's like, it's so fucking weird and kind of such weird delivery that he's like, oh, it's amazing. I had to keep it on there. Yeah, who does the um uh the Punjabi version? Oh yeah, you send that to me. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Um. Uh, the, yeah, Skepta. I mean, you know, Grimes back, baby. <laughs> That's all you need to say, right? Yeah. Drake loves it. Drake Drake loves Skepta. Signed to Skepta's label in the UK. Yep. Just. Weird, like, love Skepta. I mean, Shutdown was fun for what it was. Just Rain is the uh, name of the amazing... That's uh, right. The cana- guy. Canadian um, uh, comedian kind of uh, YouTube star who does an amazing version of that part. Um, Skepta's Konnichiwa had um, one of my favourite lines of the year in a song, mm-hmm. which is the track... Um, I think me and me and Taylor should still have sex. No, oh, close right. man. And it says, "My mum don't know your mum. Stop telling her I'm your cousin." Just <laughs> a song about like a guy trying to like pretend to be in your crew, and he's like saying like, "I don't use social media." But he goes, "Yeah, my mum don't know your mum. Stop telling her I'm your cousin." <laughs> it's just like it's one brilliant. of the greatest lines I've heard. Any reminder that you know the accents? If the accents not that big of a giveaway, I love when you hear like. A non-American voice, also just like language that would never be you'd never hear on a you'd never hear someone say like mum and cousin in the same line or same song. Vince Staples, Prima Donna, which is more of an EP. Vince Staples, Prima Donna, yeah. Tracks again, another record that I just don't listen to. I listened to once, and I not not for any choice. Just isn't he's not a kind of dude that I have ever been. You know, I liked Summertime '06, his album last year. Right, Um, I didn't like this as much. Triple J pummeled this one, yeah. No, no, I don't think so. We. No, we pummeled the track he did with Flume, I'm sure. James Blake produced a track on this? Yeah. James Blake started doing hip-hop stuff, like producing stuff. Weird. Yeah. Next one on this list is one that we can both talk about because we've talked about it heaps of times already. Kanye West, The Life of Pablo. Yeah. So, Um, uh, messy album, but I think one that's really apt for Kanye and like perfect description of where he is right now because he's normally so meticulous with his albums i listened to this album vicariously through you in that i didn't listen to it i just listened to you rant about how much you liked it and just never heard it and then i did a um i ran in very hypocritical money-making fucking dad style um a party called kanye Kanye versus versus taylor taylor that's right and uh had to listen to the kanye album and was like i fucking love this yeah i think it's a great album it's amazing uh, i think Father Stretch My Hands Part 1 is an unbelievable... It's your song of the year, wasn't it? Yeah. What's, what's amazing about this album, I find, and this is going to be a very abridged version, is Kanye's always had like every record, 808s and Heartbreaks, Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus, such a... Like, the album is serves a single purpose, whereas Pablo is... 
it's almost like a culmination of all of his albums. Like there's something of everything on there. It's not like a singular vision, which a lot of people were kind of like, oh, Kanye's not as focused as he might be. And I'm like, maybe that's true. But also the guys released three fashion lines this year, became a dad, all this other stuff. And this is like actually the became best. Became a double dad. Became a double dad. His wife was almost killed, had a like crazy flying, you know, stage. And also was committed recently to hospital for mental health reasons. I'm like, mm. this album's actually, upon taking all that in, it's a perfect reflection of Kanye, whether you like it or not. Um, do you know, oh, Car Seat Headrest wrote a review about Life of Pablo, which was published yesterday for, was this, it's so good. I've got to send it to, it's for this, do you know the site called The Talk House where artists review other artists' albums? No. It's a bit like Interview Magazine. It's a podcast as well. Yeah, right. Very, very cool. I love um, podcasts. He's like done this like full dissertation on Life of Pablo and it's one of the best written reviews I've read. And he's like, I love this. He's like, I can't listen to just one song on it. He's like, if I'm on Ultralight Beam, I, I, 12 minutes later, I find out like, oh, I'm listening to the whole album again, even if I wanted to hear that one song. He praises the sequencing, praises like how, I guess, personal it is for a Kanye album. There's like bragging, obviously, because that's what he does, but it's kind of really sad bragging and there's a lot of sad, sad moments on it too, like your real friends. Stuff which we I haven't love seen. Real friends. Oh, real friends to me is song of the year. That, My dollar me, signs verse on that is so oh, good. Man, so good. It's I reckon, that to me was song of the year. Again, heard that when I was in Japan. That was when he was dropping Good Fridays again, which obviously never happened. Uh, and it came. I was like, oh my god, this is a Kanye I've been waiting for. But look, if you haven't listened to it, and if you don't like Kanye West, I still urge you to listen to it. You'll probably walk away liking some things. And at least, like, kind of having a better appreciation for what Kanye West is like in 2016. Yeah, like, this will be... This is the perfect time. Like, it's almost like he knew how the rest of his year, sadly, would unfurl. And this is the perfect counterpart for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, next Oh, and the only album that I s- was premiered in a, a cinema live... Cinemas that's, live around the that's world. That's very true. Which is pretty hilarious. And if you go back and listen to a, I don't know... Tw- February. 20-ish, 25-ish yeah. Hey Fams ago, you can listen to Angus reviewing... The live, the review. The live screening of Pablo. Reviewing the mimosas I made myself in the toilet. With to- Lulu McCurdy. Yeah. Um, YG, still brazy. Classic. We mentioned him earlier. West Coast vibes. Did you like this more than his first album? Um, What's the name of the first album again? I don't know. I'm, sh- I'm sure it has a word that starts with <laughs> C If I see the cover, the it's uh, because I'm not a mega fan, I need to see the cover to remind me. I know that's it's such like a... It's a black and white cover, I think. <laughs> um, I think I prefer this one. Just because you can't remember what the other one was? Yeah. Wait till I see it now. Oh no! There was some. I don't know. There was some great singles On like first my album. end bomb with uh Lil yeah, Wayne, and, um, Rick okay, Ross. Okay, okay, yeah. Tell him, it open. Um, okay. Who do you love was great too with who, Drizzy. Yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're actually both good albums. Like I take that back. Yeah, some incredible songs. My crazy life. That's yeah, what it was with called. a K, of course. BBT and left, right with, and, the, and so the biggest difference between the first album and the second album was that DJ Mustard by produced the entire first album. Yeah, and then he didn't get Mustard to do anything. On That's right. Album. And but you that, thought that Mustard esque beats. I remember. Yeah, I actually straight up thought it was Mustard because he's, he's, you know, that's what the kind of. Um, you know what? I West think the second album is, is as good in part. Like I think they're both quite different albums. Yeah, and you know this has this has you know why I always hate him, which is a great single, but also has fuck Donald Trump, which 
you know, huge song, and and huge song. It's hard being a he rap did a whole fan. tour based around it, didn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. It was hard being a rap fan this year because so many of my favorite rappers didn't speak out about about a bunch of really important issues, or some of them said some really inappropriate things and then were committed to hospital for ten days. Or like Lil Wayne denying that Black Lives Matter is yeah. important and like just like stupid things like that that really make you go, yeah. like, "We're an idiot." Uh, but it was so cool to have YG, who is by all me like you know by all, all accounts a a very very straight up gangster, yeah. uh, just sharing his Get thoughts political. on what a what a dick lord fucking Donald Trump is. Boom and Metro also got involved, which I thought was great. Does not trust Donald Trump. Yep, does not trust him. Is all he let us know. Um, Travis Scott also, I know a control uh, not a not a loved. Rapper, perhaps by you, but he said a, he did a great Facebook status update, being like, "I'll I'll take one for the team." And ass- this is six months ago, so and assassinate Donald Trump if he gets in. I don't give a shit. Like, I'll take it for the team. <laughs> and I was just like, "Whoa, that's pretty." Well, heavy. Yeah, well, could, don't don't put that out there and then not come come true on it. Yeah, come on. Is that going to be your hottest release next year? Also, like that was a Facebook post. Metro Boomin was a tweet. Yeah. YG straight up just recorded an entire song called Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. So, and then the whole tour and the fucking president. Tickets. Yeah. That's so awesome. The president elect. That's like, yeah, he's like, he, he gets rapper of the year because of that. That's huge. I think. Wow. Um, last album on this list is uh, one that I would, wasn't sure if I was going to make it in, but I'm very glad to see it here. Young Thug Jeffrey featuring the most iconic album cover yeah. of the year. I think it's my favorite album cover of the year. Um, and uh, apparently he didn't want to be called. Young Thug anymore He wanted people to call him Jeffrey They wanted people to call him My name is Jeff Hi my name is Jeffrey That's it Not just Jeffrey (laughs) (laughs) Oh here we go No sorry I take it back It's been deleted But it was I'm voting for Donald Trump Because I ain't never seen A president assassinated before That's what Travis Scott said Yeah (laughs) Alright I kind of like the idea Of a rapper saying I'm gonna do it Yeah Mine was much cooler Um, Sorry if another rapper Said that and you're listening And I've misquoted you um, fuck, which one were you just saying? So we're talking about Young Thug's Jeffrey album where yeah. he he recorded a bunch of songs about people that inspire him. And there's, so there's, what, a song called Riri. There's a song called uh, Wyclef Jean. There's a song called a song Kanye West. West. And then there's a song called Harambe for some reason. I actually find, and again, this isn't just, uh, this is a pure coincidence. Kanye West, the last track on the album, I think is the best song he's done on that uh, album. I love the, the Wyclef. It's the one where he sings that Jeffrey. It's kind of got some really cool like. Isn't that Wyclef Jean? It was Jeff, Jeff, Jeffrey. I think Jeff, maybe Jeff, that must Jeff, be a theme Jeff, for the whole record. Yeah, I'm sure he says Jeffrey a whole bunch. Yeah. That's his name now. It's, I mean, that's his name now. Amazing cover. You've probably seen it in some form, parodied. And Young Thug, when he he's wearing an amazing vo- uh, dress, a designer dress. And he said at his wedding, there'll be two dresses because he doesn't see sex. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. He comes out with some... Oh, no. It features Wyclef shit. This one. Yeah. Yeah, this is called Kanye West. Oh, it is called Kanye West. Yeah. My bad. Of I course, think it's the greatest song on the album. There's another song called Wyclef Jean. Yeah, that one easy mistake. And it, doesn't, and it doesn't feature Wyclef Jean, which is interesting. <laughs> there's another song called Swiss Beats, Floyd Mayweather. It's like goo up. It's so ridiculous. It's great though. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's great. This is his least prolific year as an artist. He yeah, he only released two. Slime Season 3 and this. Oh, no, and another one earlier in the year. But, uh, you know, in, in, in I've been a fan of this guy from day motherfucking one. Day one or over here? Oh, maybe day two. I, the, the, his his second mixtape he ever put out was the one I first heard him on. That's definitely, and that would have I been came literally from nothing too. That would have um, been literally the second day of his career too, because yeah. the guy put out so much stuff. Um, but uh, he's an artist that still totally surprises and, and excites me. To when I, when I see that when he sees, there's an anecdote re- I'm thinking about about him out, recording like an and doing his bars and stuff, and literally 
engineers are coming and trying to get it down and he's like, no, nope, you've got to go. You can't, you, you can't do it. And he's like so fast apparently and amazing at writing, recording and putting out songs that like engineers weren't keeping up with him. He went through like eight in one day trying to do a song. That's amazing. And he was just like, sorry, you're not fast enough. Move. And I think it's a video or something. I'm trying to find it, but, or it's an anecdote. Someone's related to me and I'm like, Maybe I just picture it as a video, but he never leaves the booth and he's still recording stuff and like signaling people to, and coming new guys coming in and hitting stuff like just a consummate professional, just a content machine makes us who do, do a, like one podcast a week together makes us look extremely lazy. We don't even have a booth. Um, that was but our, we don't have an engineer. That was us doing our top 20, not top 20. I guess we found top seven albums in that top 20 that we actually like. Yeah. Any- yeah, that ain't too bad. I'll try and think of some uh, ones that were left off that list, and we could talk about them on next week's music segment, which I'm sure will be considerably shorter than. this Yeah, if one. anyone's listening anymore, I mean, no, people, people like music. People, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, people have requested us talk about music. If if you like it, if you liked that, let us know. If we're you actually, didn't like it, we can we can start a new podcast. We actually get serious and talk about music, guys. It's not all <laughs> DC bashing, though. That soundtrack was shit. Uh, so now I have a. Oh God, yeah. Speaking of shitty rap. The DC Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, the Rick Ross and Skrilly song. That was a, that was a mess. Uh, what was messier, the song or the music video? Uh, I, the music video was kind of better than the Suicide Squad movie. Oh, it was shot better. I actually saw um, it came up with my suggested videos because I hate watch a lot of Suicide Squad <laughs> yep. videos. That's why Mike, my, I, I'm, I'm the first to watch all Marcus Dibble's videos yeah. because he's just like... They, they, we hate watch that shit and we get served the next yeah. food up and because we're assholes, we watch it. Um this 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 film reviewer like guy you know YouTube celebrity so you know jump cuts every two minutes whatever sorry every two seconds he made the great point of saying like that music video was actually shot better and used like a far more realistic palette than the entire Suicide Squad and the Joker looked better in that as a, a, as a you know the clown prince of crime that and then he proceeded to edit a trailer for a DC movie which didn't exist called the Clown Prince out of footage from that to like good music like you know. Hans Zimmer-esque Dark Knight music and it looks like an amazing trailer like this guy just standing on a boat and like quick shots and it looked great his hair didn't look neon he wasn't wearing like a pimped out leather jacket it was like oh maybe it was David Ayer's fault far more than anybody else's yikes tank uh, tank movie's pretty good though pretty good pretty good for a tank movie yeah it's about tanks though I mean (laughs) it's like Transformers for millennial for um boomers I had to read a comic recently called World of Tanks which is apparently based on like some shitty app they're making they're making comics about apps now Angus fuck Uh, they're also (laughs) making games about comics yeah Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that relates it's a great segue me Um, but there was a big conference called uh, PSX uh, the PlayStation Experience is what PXX stands for. Uh, uh, you may also be mistaken for thinking it was the original shorthand for the PlayStation 1. It was. And then also the name of a PlayStation 2 console, which had the ability to record television that had a tuner in it. Right. Yeah. Had a PlayStation can, a used the term PSX a lot. Like, this is weird. Like, guys, you might need a brand manager. <laughs> like, don't double up on product names. Um, so, uh, at PSX, the big conference, they announced a whole bunch of cool stuff. Sorry, the big conference. The big conference. <laughs> and I'm just going to, uh, just let you know, Angus, cause you don't even, you don't even, you don't even know what PSX was until I, look, I've been, you, you knew what it used to be. I've been in the Angus Truscott sweatshop over here, literally slaving. Like there's a box of shirts in the corner. I'm about to launch my fashion label and I've been pretty much dead to the world. That, that's not a joke, people. He is literally no. launching a fashion label on Thursday at the Lord tomorrow. Boston in it's Sydney. tomorrow now. It's going to be tomorrow man. now. Yeah. It's going up on Wednesday. So yeah, it's going yeah. It's going up tomorrow. No, it's um, midnight. It's past. Yeah, this is like. Yeah, it's tomorrow, and I am uh, 
watching it later. But yeah, I've been so dead to the world. If it's Star Wars, I'll listen. But and if it's Westworld, I'll watch it. But other than that, I, I feel like a HeyFam audience member this week. I'm learning a lot through you, Levs. So PSX announced a bunch of stuff. I'm going to go through it right now for Angus's benefit and yours at home. Was it like a Euro conference or what? Where's this? Oh no, it's America, isn't it? Yeah, it's America. Sorry, the third thing I keep in uh, keep up with is Hideo Kojima's Twitter, and I know that he's in America, so that's how I remember that. Yeah, he, he was. So he announced a bunch of stuff. I'm sure you're aware of that. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to that later. But first of all, they announced a um, some DLC for Uncharted 4 first player DLC. Yeah, I really didn't see that coming. What no, you know what? That's a huge lie. I did. I remember Naughty Dog saying it. Where you start, where you can play as Nadine Ross, um, who was um, one of the characters in Uncharted Four, and um, Chloe Frazier. She ran the army, didn't she? Like the one that was out to get you the mercenary army. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was kind of hired by the actual bad guy. She that's wasn't right. herself necessarily bad. So, so, do we know when this is set? Um, after, after, okay. after Uncharted Four. So it's after her- the beautiful final level of that game, where you play uh, Nate's daughter. Yeah. This will or, come after that. I don't know. Maybe it's after the actual game, fin- like you know, before sure. the, before the flash forward. Um, but uh, it also starts Chloe Frazier, who we haven't seen since Uncharted Two. Two. You may yeah. remember her as the brunette love interest before. Uh, who, who, who? Maybe from- she wasn't. Was she in Three for a bit? I don't remember. No, nah, no. She was a brunette who caused a rift between Elena and Nate. There That's interesting. Go. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, cool. always cool to see characters from a while ago come back. Yeah, um, Naughty Dog do. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about their recent outings, which I'm sure it, but we'll be speaking about another one in a moment. They do characters very well. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of which, uh, Naughty Dog's other big game, The Last of Us Part 2, is confirmed. Um, we knew it was coming for years, basically, didn't we? Yep. Good um, to hear a confirmation. And it's got the title, The Last of Us Part 2, not it, 2. Not- it, de- it definitely stars Ellie, potentially Joel, and... Uh, I kind of wish that the, they were going to just do another bunch of characters set in the same world. Mm. But I don't think anyone else did wanted that. Everyone else wanted them to continue the story. Yeah. And from what I say, Ellie's aged quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, she looks at least... She's 84 now. <laughs> it's the Titanic. She's the old lady. <laughs> uh, no, she looks older. It looks very cool. I watched the trailer with somebody who, A, had no um, concept of the original game, knew it existed, didn't know what it was about... And didn't know there was a sequel coming and said that trailer was better than any movie trailer she'd seen this year. There you go. And I was like, that, that's that's pretty cool. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom 4 is official. Um, and it's called Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Um, it's going to... We know that Captain Marvel is going to make her appearance in, that, in this. And uh, apparently... When is this it, based when off it, the comic iterations... Of her, yes. Sure. Yeah, but it's um, it's actually going to star mostly MCU characters. Of course. I mean, that's there inevitable. Will be D- there will be DLC for mutants and Fantastic Four characters, potentially. Um, also, uh, there's a new game called Let It Die, which is made by the Suda51 dude. Suda51, he made the Wii series. And Killer7. Uh, Killer Seven was on GameCube. What was, the, wasn't what, was it? The, what was the Wii series called again? No More Heroes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I think it got a sequel, and it was like really beloved for its wacky uh, protagonist with a big sword, and you know it was hyper stylized. He also made the Lollipop one on PS4, I think. Yeah, I, I I played some really weird one that he did on DS called like Flower, Sun, and Moon or something oh, like that. That's right. That was very different to. Yeah. To um, No More Heroes, wasn't it? Yeah, like a weird What was the one? Game. It was this kind of super weird kind of... I think it had the word cherry or something gross in the title, the one I'm thinking about. It was... Or maybe... I don't know. Look it up. Look it up in your own time, Truscott. 
I got some. Don't more. people want to hear I this? I got shit? some news to tell you, buddy. Because Crash Bandicoot is back, baby. Crash is back. No, there it is. Lollipop Chainsaw. See, I was right. Oh fuck! He made Lollipop Chainsaw. Yeah, you know the one I'm Which talking is, about. Which yeah, is the and the it's like a bikini clad girl holding a um, chainsaw and she kills zombies. Yeah, I think it's voiced by Tara Strong. Apparently, it's kind of cool. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah right. I'm trying to see. What it was. I was on PS3. It was last gen. Yeah. It yeah. It doesn't look very cool, but apparently it was like it, kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably yeah Tara Strong in the English version. There you go. Where would people know Tara Strong from? Lance? She's uh, the voice of Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. She's the voice of Raven from oh, Teen she's Titans. She's the voice of fucking lot. She's in My Little Pony. She's yep. in the Batman Arkham games. She's the voice of Harley Quinn in uh, Ark- Ark- every all, all ones part, sec- after after Arkham Asylum. She's Harley Quinn. There you go. Wow. Yeah. All um, right, baby. She's, she's a very very uh, important voice actress for sure. Um, Crash Bandicoot is back, baby, as I was saying earlier. He's been remastered. Now, we saw a preview of this at was E3 it even this year. It was like a weird little teaser. Yeah, there was but, a teaser this year. It actually looks fucking cool. Yeah, They're remastering great. all three games. Did you watch a little video about yeah, that? Yeah, it, look, it looks remade from the ground up. It's and, like, uh, like the, the, apparently the gameplay is actually kind of difficult, especially in the first game. Like It's really easy to just fall in fucking holes and stuff. But uh, Crash's fur looks real pretty. Yeah, it looks. Um, it's not an upscale of the original games. It's a little. It's like the um, Ratchet and Clank. You know, it's a remake from the ground up. It, uh, but it's no, true to the, form, the, right? The, the, no, the levels are identical. Yeah, but I mean, I haven't just like. But well, no. Whereas the Ratchet and Clank was like. Sorry, I used a bad example. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's what you want when you see a remaster. It's not just prettier graphics. It, exactly. the, you know, they've had to create a new engine, build it again. Yeah, it looks great. Um, they're also doing um, remastered discs of... Oh, the name's uh, stupid, though. The Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. But, I mean, what do we expect from fucking Crash? Yeah, he's extreme with a capital X. Three X's. Three X's. Um, they're also doing big remastered di- collections of um, games like Patapon and oh, okay. um, Loco Roco. Yeah, classic and, PSP games. And uh, they're also doing... Um, what, are they going to be on Vita or no PS4? No, on PS4. Oh. Um, they're also doing um, remastered... Parappa the Rapper, the first game. That's crazy because they and did two recently as a downloadable game on PS Store. Like, but it was just the PS2 version. Yeah, right. Because the two sucks. Yeah, why the, f- did, what, the first one is. Why the, didn't people like two? Uh, it just is not as charming and kind of annoying. Okay. And the first one is charmingly annoying. Yeah, sure. Um, we're also getting a Wipeout collection. Are you interested in Wipeout at all? Um, look, it did a lot for the Prodigy, didn't it? Or was it the Chemical Brothers who did the score for the original game? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, Wipeout looked cool. Wipeout looked like a game you'd see somebody play in a movie in the eighties, set in the future. Didn't sure. it, like it looked like the game that they'd play in the diner. Like if it was like it was like the run of the mill racing game. Yeah, I think all these remastered collections they're kind of doing as a way of testing the waters to see if they could potentially make new games in the series. If there's there is interest there, <clears throat> um, they also announced Nino Kuni two. Yeah, the trailer Revenant looks- Kingdom. No, they didn't announce, announce it, but we saw the we saw the trailer. Yeah, you see, the trailer looks beautiful. It looks hot. I played ten minutes of the first one. I bought I, spent, I bought it on day of launch and played it. For I like played a lot, a of couple it. hours. It was really but good. I didn't really get super into it. I'm not good at RPGs, and I, I watched you play um, enough of uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy 15 today to realize that I would not be good. It's at It's not it. for you, and just not going to get. How good's it cover for the original Wipeout? Oh my god, it's iconic. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of thirty percent off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yeah, just Google it, Dan. It's amazing. It looks like... Google it, everybody. Wipeout 1, PlayStation. Yeah, looks beautiful. Um, that's about all the cool stuff that I give a fuck about. What do you think, Angus? Are you going to keep uh, playing PS4 or are you just going to throw it in the garbage? No, I keep playing it. Yeah, I cool. think it's been the best console of this generation, hands down. You were up and down. You were gonna th- you're considering throwing it in the garbage. Though. No, never. Not at all. Oh, right. like, mis- that was never me. That. No, no, I've been using it a lot, especially because I've been watching uh, the Star Wars saga on it, on my uh, using its trusty Blu-ray feature to just geeing myself up for Rogue One. Which, which they, we'll which be seeing. Also, they almost they almost uh, took that out of the PS4. Do they really? There's going to be no Blu-ray. Are you kidding me? Yeah. How do you know this? Um, there's, there were reports. Were there? Yeah. Why, Why would they do that? Blu-ray? I don't know, because they're idiots. It was in the PS3. Because this belongs in the fucking garbage. Just kidding. You, I love my PS4. Yeah, wow. You, is, are you trying to like... Oh, no, I'm trying to... good cop, bad copying me? Oh, no, I'm trying to get you to, to throw yours in the garbage so I can have two. Because I like my PS4 that much. Do you want my special edition white one? <laughs> it is pretty good. It is cool. I'm so sick of my black <laughs> black PS4s matter. All that dust on it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, over to our feature presentation, everybody. All the black PS4s look the same. <laughs> On to the feature presentation. Uh, we're going to talk about Westworld. The finale happened. It's yeah. a big HBO series. It's 90 about- fucking minutes of it too, guys. Like, this shit could have been in a cinema. And I would have gone to watch it in a cinema. Because it was great. So, the first episode was like an hour, 10 minutes. An hour, 15 mm. minutes. Mm. Then we got eight one-hour long episodes and yeah. then a 90-minute episode. No one knows how much that adds up to. No. We, that's not our job. That's your job. Um, but... Uh, it was it was a for a ten episode series. It was a, it packed a punch. It was meaty. There's yeah. lots to get through. There were Look, many different storylines. Show that seemed to be people were either very on board or didn't like it at all. I found that there was no middle ground with this. Like <laughs> there is this movement of complete anti hype, and maybe I'm. That's maybe the way I, I treat albums, where I don't really care about any albums that people care about now. And then so I see interview list and I'm like, oh, people like that, huh? Like like a real jaded dickhead. Yeah. But uh, what's it like being jaded? Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> um, Did you do, do many corporate kicks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I watch television at them. Um, but I saw a lot of people just seem to be out to really hate this show from the get go. Yeah. Was it? Do you think it was people who? You know what? You know what's interesting though. A lot of people who I saw complaining about it, who who are big fans of Game of Thrones, were they upset that there was something else replacing there? Well, people are saying that, like, you know, this is the, the next pick to be, you know, the super mm. massive HBO show that's going to 
take over the hearts of uh, Game of Thrones fans once sure. Game of Thrones finishes after next sure. season. I've not watched one episode of Game of Thrones. Mm, you have. I've watched 20. Does it, is, is, does it kick you straight into things or is it a slow burn like Westworld was? Oh, very slow burn. I just think people who have watched, I don't know, is it six seasons of it, have obviously forgotten that and are being, you know... So the biggest criticism of Westworld was that it was the slow burn, that, that, that people kind of... It really took its time and especially now that we've seen this final episode, they definitely waited to stretch out certain character moments so you, that they remain a surprise until mm. the final episode. And as a comic book reader, I'm fine with that. Yeah, same here. Like, I thought this show had an impeccable sense of mood and a meditativeness, which you don't see in a lot of shows of its ilk at the moment, which are very much, we have to end on a cliffhanger to make you watch next week. And I think I've said this before, I love Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad did that a lot from like the halfway point of its run to the end of the series. I found this didn't do that and it's kind of had... It looked like it was so meticulously made and shot by the same team every day. Like it was... It looks like it was like a movie cut up into 10 episodes basically. And I'm not mad with that. What's interesting too is the showrunners have now said like, so this season one is pretty much an intro to the show. Like that was the intro we wanted. And people are like, fuming about that. Like, yeah. They, they, they essentially watched this like very well-made prologue. But then why people are fuming like this is you didn't like go make a show for starters. Like if you're not happy with that, make one that you like, but also like you're an audience member. Like this is content that, you know, you're not really paying for this. Like relax. I don't see how people can be angry at something like that. Yeah. It just means they've got heaps in store for it. I get, yeah. I mean, like I I loved learning things that weren't fed to you straight away with a knife and fork, like shoved in your mouth. Like I was constantly trying to figure out what the rules were when this place is set. We still don't know where it's set. And the, there was no, you know, titles on screen saying like the years, blah, blah, blah. Like it was a Nolan pr- project. So, you know, there's going to be an air of um, bait and switch or, you know, like the prestige, for example, like uh, the move in the movie, the prestige. Like there was a lot of ta-da moments, but they weren't done in a way that made you feel stupid, I thought, or yeah. wow, I wouldn't see that coming a mile away. Like everything was very purposeful. Everything had a point. I think maybe people found it repetitive but that was the nature of the robot hosts in the show. They were reliving the same moment over and over. And I started to really fucking love that Groundhog Day vibe of it. Yeah, likewise. And then they start doing different things to fuck it up and do... And I I would love that. And I don't know if it's because I watched the first five, I think, sequentially. Maybe it's different if I watched it week for week, I'd be saying something else. But I kind of binged the first half and it worked so well. But I also loved waiting for it week by week and it became a ritual with... Me and someone else will be like, oh, it's Monday night. Let's get ready to watch this and, you know, sit down and be like, what's going to happen? And I really enjoyed that. And I had no problem with the distribution of the story or the reveals or anything. I thought the acting was incredible. The yeah, concept yeah. was great. And, and, you know, it was it was extremely well made. And I, I feel like, you know, I, I get why maybe on a story level you might be like somewhat disappointed mm. because it did, it, it was this weird kind of smaller scale it was very small scale. You're right. Like it, it, uh, it wasn't like a cast of twenty people from different lands from around this, like you know. Well, there, there were lots of characters, but yeah, it all it all fed in. It, it was, was all set it, behind it the scenes. It was all set up, but it was great setup. It was like if the Truman Show had a sister film, which was also about the directors and the people behind the scenes, and it was kind of like that. Like you saw the fake world, but then you also saw as much of the behind the scenes behind the. Um, there was a little bit of behind the scenes stuff in Truman Show. But I mean, this hey, is fam, the, commentary for Truman Show coming twenty seventeen. This was like fifty fifty, you know. 
It was kind of I got very Truman Show vibes from it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, I, I, definitely. When um, Bernard said uh, "so long," and if I don't see you till tomorrow, <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, yeah, and good night. It was. <laughs> um, did you have a, a favorite favorite character overall? In in the West in West no in, in the Truman Show. in the Truman Show I think that would be <laughs> the titular Truman yeah it's the only Truman Capote it's the only is, this yeah. is this the Capote is this in Cold Blood uh, can't believe he died in Hot Blood the favorite character in Westworld um, I really like the Man in Black mm-hmm. and Tandy Newton. Yeah, Tony Maeve. She was great. Maeve. Yeah, Maeve. Maeve's, Maeve's character excellent. was great, and um, Ed Harris's character, Man in Black, who we now know. Do we go there? Well, Which is something we spoke about on this show already. We'll keep it. Yeah, I know. Well, every single person, everyone spoke about predicted it. Predicted this one to the point where I actually thought that they were going to pull the wool over our eyes. And at one point, I thought it wasn't going to be William. We're spoiling it now, by the way. So um, yeah, it's uh, the guy who is the incestuous character on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. William, who was a young, nice. Naive guy We saw him take a bit of a Dark turn recently We eventually found out That a lot of people's Predictions were correct And he is indeed Ed Harris's Man in black Who pretty much Owns the park And I Um, believe that When we last spoke about um, Spoke Spoke about um, Westworld I said that there's That there is definitely No way that there's uh, Two timelines going Because I thought Maeve was in both And you know what I was wrong You're wrong There was three Three timelines Well there's also The um, Arnold and oh, of course, you know the whole Arnold subplot. Oh, we haven't even spoken about that. So Arnold, the the other fabled co-founder, end, ends up being Bernard is a re, like a robot version of Arnold who died. Yeah, and we found out that Dolores killed Arnold. Like it's all, you know what I want? I actually really want to watch it now in one go again, straight and, up. Yeah, like I was like frothing to do it as soon as my, I. Wa- my wife wants to watch it. Because like, this is the first series oh, she that didn't I've watch watched it with without you? her. Yeah, right. And, uh, Man, you're going to have to tell me how it is. I think I'm going to rewatch it just before season two kicks off. It's fucking... It's a, I really, really enjoyed this show. And I, and I read so many fucking steaming cold takes. Amazing. See, I, about, I stayed on, off on, all articles and stuff about people's hot takes on this. And I just kind of w- people watched were, it in my people own People were frustrated with it as it in the, in the early episodes that it wasn't kind of revealing enough and, and was definitely but, it was holding it in its hand. But I, but I liked that. I thought that was great. Like, uh, do people want to be force-fed a twist or a reveal every and week? I like, very what? happy with the payoff. I thought the pacing was great. I don't know if this is also a very different show, but pacing-wise, I'm such a huge fan of Mad Men. I'm not saying that all these shows are similar, but it was a show that didn't rely on like a bait and switch every episode or a great reveal to keep you watching. You know, again, that was a show that which I found was very much had again a meticulous production mm. value and also was very much about mood and a char- like a study of characters. And I don't know. Again, I'm a, such a fucking Blade Runner, Cyberpunk, Battlestar Galactica fan, which. All deals with this about, you know, AI gaining consciousness and then, you know, you as the viewer feeling extreme sympathy for the AI more so to the point where, like, the humans become the villain. You know, it's a classic tale of Arnold Schwarzenegger, etc. I I, I lapped this up. This was, like, a a show that I loved. And plus, it had, like, a fucking cool Western setting. Yeah. Everything about it was great. You should definitely watch the movie. Yeah, I really want to. It's really, it's very different. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've seen a oh. lot of co- comments of, that's the, another thing. Like I've been, on, on, comments of on posts of people saying they enjoyed it. Some people then saying like, have you seen the movie? I heard it's really bad. I'm like, no, it's really good. No, it's Fuck. like a schlocky 70s film. Like, of course it's, it's not fun. It's schlocky. It's just fucking good. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, the imagery of that film, like the cover we spoke about, like that I, that video cover stuck with me for I, so long. There were moments that I think were pulled straight from the movie. I'm like, sure there would have been. Dolores, in, in this, just in this finale. 
Dolores seeing like the crowds of like dead robots and stuff like that. That was sick. That was from the movie, I think. Interesting. Um, Can we speak about Samurai World? Oh my god! So yeah, so at one point, <laughs> at one point we we see all these character, these all these robots like with massive swords and samurai gear. Basically, and- yeah, as um, Tandy Newton's Maeve's running out, like she's literally got the plan. She's her plan was to burn herself so she would be rebuilt as a, um, a regrown again, but this time without. We've learned that one of the vertebrae in the hosts actually has an explosive proximity device. So if you leave the park, you blow up. Um, she was regrown without that. And is able to leave, so she's doing her big runaway, you know, leaving with machine guns, whatever, running out of the park, fighting all the security. They turn a corner and run into this new sign, which I saw, and it said SW. I was like, well, that's interesting. Is that another part of this company, Delos, this fictional company that owns everything? This is another part of that. Nope, it's just Samurai World next door. Do you reckon it's Samurai World or or South World? Samurai World. Yeah, okay. Definitely, they're all Samurai. Yeah, but I mean... Southeast Asia world? South. I don't know. South. I don't know. I think, no, because in the film, in the original film, there was Rome world. In the future world. Um, That's in the sequel. Mm. But in the first film, there was Rome world and medieval world. And then in future world. So, you have seen the original movie? No, I know all about it though. (laughs) But in the sequel, there is Samurai world as well. That's actually where it's mentioned. Right. So, I'm like... Oh my god! Are we going to be getting subplots about like? And you know, I loved it. Even if that's if, if all that's that all is is just all we see, I'm I'm still happy with that. That was it's the like, best. There, and that, there were there was a lot of really ridiculous moments around around that half hour, that middle half hour where the robots escape. Well, because we, this whole time we've been comparing this to playing a video game, mm. and, and that's when this straight up became a video game with the the you know robots. Getting the guns and, yeah. and it was satisfying though for a show that hasn't had a lot of action lately. I thought that was a very cool payoff. Did you and like the straight up like it felt like watching an episode of sorry like a, like, a, like a Jason movie um, when the two we knew the two, two robots had been woken up while they were being operated on. Very and, cool. Like, one guy and the one that like, bit the finger. Right I didn't off. think that was cool. I thought it was real stupid. I loved it. I was like, this is that guy sick. was gonna fuck the the robot and, and he had a big bone. Awesome. And then there was that great scene where you see obviously the the classic trope of. Somebody with headphones on can't see what's happening behind them, and you see that the female uh, host with all the snake tattoo, like naked, it completely butt naked, like kick the shit out of this person, like to the point of killing them in the background. And it then, was great. And then the other guy gets like the 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 immediate like that sudden stab that right through, through the. It was great. Yeah, it was, Bring up those horror, horror tropes, like you know the movie. But that's not even horror. That's like what's what's the really um, slasher new, new line cinema? Yeah, they make all the teen slasher. slasher yeah, that, that, I was the, into that. Yeah, okay, I was really into it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a glutton for horror as well. Yeah, me too. But that was that felt just like it felt like too and much of a tonal shift. I just love them walking shift. around like naked with guns, like just blasting. that was rad. That yeah. was totally rad. That was cool. I do like. A, a oh, classic. what do you think of the bit? Like the bit after the credits, the post credit scene. There's a bit. Yeah, there's a 40, 45 second post credit scene. Are you kidding me? Of um of the the girl, um, with who, the arm stuck. You're the arm stuck, yeah. and she um and she shoves a knife into her into her arm and, and cuts th- it that, off. that allows the nerve to pull the trigger and shoot the guy that's coming after her. Then she cuts her arm off, and then she's about to take on all these other guys, and it fades to black. Oh shit! I, I as soon as as soon as her arm got stuck, I was like. She's going to grab one of those samurai swords and cut her arm off. I'm glad it happened. She knows she had a knife on her. She had a knife I on think, her. Okay, I shit. I didn't, I didn't see that. Damn. Yeah. It was sick. Were they, were, were they at the end of every episode or no? Just this one? I hope it was just this one. Yeah, that's crazy. I've got to go check that out. Yeah. It was super good. Um. So, yeah, William was the man in black we found out who was driven mad by Dolores. Basically, I really liked the fact that he got really... 
upset you saw that what kind of spurred him on that after all of his pining and emotional story as a young guy trying to find this Dolores, like this this thing he fell in love with, she reset. Yep. And he's just like, this is a game. Like, And he kind of was faked out, wasn't he? Like, did, did you feel for him? Not really. I kind of did. Like, <laughs> I saw him as like a nice guy in his younger days, fallen for this gal. And then it was kind of a, you know, the harsh reality that, dude, she's a fucking host. And of course, she's been reset and she has no idea who you are when he saw someone else pick up the can of beans for her, et cetera. So, I thought, because they were really, really holding your hand and letting you kind of start to think that William grew up to be the, the man in black. Yeah. I actually thought that they were going to do a switcheroo and it was going to turn Go out to the other guy. His, yeah, his, yeah, his would, it, would be brother-in-law. You know what? I thought that too at the final moment. I was like, it's going to go either way right now. Yeah. What, do, so, do you reckon the brother-in-law Logan? Naked, yeah, lo- naked and strapped to a horse ends up dying? No, I don't think you can remember the park. Like, it really tries to prevent you from dying. Yeah. There's, there will be measures to ensure he doesn't die, but it was just a, you know, he's going to have a sore ass the next day. Also, what did you think of uh, Ford's reveal that he wasn't actually a bad guy? Yeah. He he wanted what Arthur wanted all along. Yeah. He just knew and that. Arthur made the reveries, which were this thing spoken about from the first episode, the memories, which yeah. we found out. I need to watch it again. That's why I want to watch it all again and... So he just kind of tried to keep Arthur's dream alive, Arnold's dream alive. So were you? Well, his his own dream alive, and he did realize that he made a mistake because he kind of does that line about like the greatest thing man can do is admit their mistakes, Mm. and it's taken him this long to do it, but at least he's admitted it. Yeah, and he's going to rectify it. Um, But he, you know, it, it turns out that like Arnold. Well, that was that made no sense. I don't understand why why Arnold decided to to kill himself. Did you get that? That, that was um, that's probably like the weird moment. Should sure we find out sense. a lot more? Basically, like we know he lost his son, really. Yeah, and that drove him mad, and he tried to kind of. And he recreate. wanted to go be with his son. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but, I think but that whole he tried to recreate um, the son with Dolores. He, remember, he, we found out. Throughout the series that he was reading Alice in Wonderland to both Dolores and his son. Yep. So, I think he realized that, you know, Dolores could never replace that. Yeah. So, was his plan to have Dolores and Teddy kill all the hosts and therefore render them unusable? Yeah. Yeah. And then he then kill himself as well. Right. Yeah. And then Ford brings them back each time. And with that time, they have a memory kind of of what happened before. And I think... That happened so many times that they ended up gaining some form of consciousness or... Right. I've got to rewatch it again. It was kind of a lot of information and a lot of not clear explanations of stuff too. Just kind of you having to draw your own conclusions, which I'm a big fan of. Likewise. Which, yeah. It's because we have podcasts so we can just talk about it. So, like, we, 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 we learned that Arnold, the original co-creator of the park, had intended for these hosts to have a form of consciousness that was his ultimate goal wasn't it where they started they were programmed in a way where they would ask them to like gain like consciousness from mm. decisions they made i love the reveal of what the maze actually was how it was the oh. the growth from the pyramid to the turning around it's beautiful yeah it was great where you know you have to look inside as opposed to outside and the that the maze is, isn't for you yeah, it's a, the maze was never intended, which makes me think... 
yeah, it makes you really want to watch it again just to kind of piece that all together. So the maze wasn't this great final chapter of the park, which, you know, only the most elite hardcore gamers got access to. It was these robots gaining sentience, basically, and consciousness. And Dolores... Right? That's yeah. What it, yeah? yeah. I'm, I'm, like, asking you as well. Yeah. 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 And Dolores... Um, Kicked the shit out of Men in Black, which is a great scene in the church. And and then, then she shot forward in the head. But re- the big realisation for her was that she thought she was being guided by Arnold this whole time. But, but it was herself. Well, it was Wyatt, right? It was the character of Wyatt. So, Mark, yeah, he merged... merged with her? Yeah, he... Um, he merged the character of Wyatt, who was being written at the time as part of a new narrative, who was spoken as about this villain throughout the whole And that's, that's series. And it was the only character that the man in black knew about that he hadn't met yet. And it, he, it turned out he did. And it was... Like one of the first characters Dolores he met. was the first yeah. person he met. And he had the, she had the Wyatt narrative written into her, which caused her to kill everybody. It was crazy. Yeah. I, the more... Now, now that I talk about it, all the things that like you would normally... Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't... I, I really liked this show. A lot happened in this 10-episode arc as well, I find. I think a lot of people... Like, the recap we just did then of one episode was huge. We didn't even recap everything. We, we didn't barely even talk about, it. like, like the, It's, it's so know, late that we're trying to still remember story things. storyline and, like... Oh, man, that fucking tragic moment when you realise Bernard killed Elsie, too. Well, when Bernard realises that he killed Well, Elsie. you say that, but on the US Westworld side, which we can't access because of stupid copyright laws, HBO, etc., Someone discovered that there was the security cam footage. Now it's really up to date. So the website kind of emulates the worst, what the Westworld website would be like. And now it says due to like an accident, the park is now closed. No bookings available because mm-hmm. of what happened at the end of last night's episode. Yeah. The security cam footage. First thing that someone realized it says in the corner, what date it is. It flashes up for a second. It's set in 2052, which is oh, pretty wow. interesting. Interesting. More so was there was, man, I've got to remember this, but basically there was a line of code which somebody put in and then found out that it was Hex, which then became a hyperlink. And the link was um, footage of Elsie's tablet going off and then a voice of her saying like, hello, who's there? And like intending that she's still alive. From when the security guard came out to go look for her the other week, it was, it was located right near where he was looking at the map being like, oh shit, she's still out there. I've got to go find her. Oh, right. And there's some two recordings of her voice. Oh, what happened to him? <laughs> Season two. Yeah. He was taken by the Ghost Nation, the uh, natives. Fuck. There's a lot of things that they that they left up uh, up in the air. Didn't yeah, they? yeah. It was like very tip of the iceberg. You like, I can see now with people like, oh, that was dumb. But it's like, guys, are you kidding me? There's, there's, there's really so playing. Go. It's fun. I like fuck it. Tell me. But you know, apparently, it's not coming back till at least 2018. I didn't know that, and someone at work told me today. I was like, oh, I can't wait for this time next year. And they're like, oh, it's actually 2018. <laughs> I'm like, what the. F- you're, you're going to get three Star Wars movies before we see. Yeah, them. Jesus Christ! I never thought that would be set in a derogatory term. <laughs> um, big question: mm-hmm. Was that Ford getting killed at the end, or a robot that he's built, or is Ford now going to live on a robot, or is Anthony Hopkins just not going to be in the series anymore? Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's but, such a big draw card yeah, for the he, show. He could totally live on in flashbacks, mm-hmm. um, or in a separate timeline. Or we've seen people rebuild people who have died before in this show. Yeah, totally. Including so, his parents, his family. I, I think it would be lame if they did that. If they rebuild him or he comes back as a robot or he t- that turns out that he was a robot all mm. along. Or um, what if he's AI and just present in all of the robots in some form of weird AI? Yeah. That he's programmed into them. That would be great. Yeah, that could be cool as well. Um, but they can't lose Hopkins, I think. Like, he's such a draw card for the show. But watch 
you know, every HBO show, when they lose one big star, they get two big, like, you know, it's like Hydra. True. You cut yeah. one one big star off and two more grow in its place. Yeah. Look at True Detective. Yeah. You they got, turn two to four. <laughs> you got a Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Fuck, Vince Vaughn should be in it. Oh, man. As a robot or as... Um... Oh, man. He'd be a great cowboy. Yeah. Or he'd true. be a great guy who comes to the park and is like the Men in Black's adversary and is like as good as the game as Men in Black but younger and better at it. I love it. That'd be cool. Vince Vaughn, get out of this. We'll write you Colin Farrell would be great as a drunken sheriff robot. <laughs> Taylor, Kitsch. Um, as a closeted gay robot. Just I'm, I'm just literally using all of their characters from True Detective Season 2. And um, Rachel McAdams, an underutilized robot. <laughs> but strong female lead. <laughs> Can't wait. Season season two, here we come. Bring it on. Imagine if, I remember if every HBO series, the second season always had Cobra Enthusiasm was just now Colin, uh, Colin Farrell <laughs> was playing Larry David. <laughs> so into that. So into that concept. Um, my favorite character, Felix. Yes. Yes. That and great line really, that was said to him at oh, the end fuck. where she's like, you're not, that, you're not a great human. You're not a very good human being. And I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. I was, that was like, really oh, great. that's a fucking killer moment. But also the funniest line in the entire series when um, Felix learns that Bernard was a robot and then yes. starts like looking at his hands like he might be one yeah, too. That was really good. That was a good moment. And Maeve like shuts him down like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, like, oh, so good. Yeah, that was great. That was uh, a very cool moment. Yeah. I really was worried that Maeve was going to kill him. You know what? In that elevator bit too, I was like, well, she's holding this gun and I think we're all supposed to think, fuck, is she going to do it? But I was like, no, robots can have loyalty to people who have helped them. And what that reveal that that she, that her her escape was, was plotted by someone. Amazing. Was written, Ford, obviously. Written by someone. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought that that was going to be... Yeah, that was a huge That reveal. was going to factor into his last storyline being revealed. That was a huge and awesome reveal when... They were looking at the... When Bernard was looking at the, the iPad thing and saw that like, oh, you have to recruit some followers, which she'd done. Check. Yeah. You have to do this. You have to befriend someone from here. Like, it's all been scripted. I thought that, so was, that was That was really, really That was sick. such a cool fake out moment. That was like... Yeah, that was amazing. And, um, and then I guess so her, you know how Felix, her choosing to go back for her yes, daughter. Which I was that, say, is that like the first thing that she actually chooses consciously, to do? Perhaps. Consciously or I think was so. that written too? Or maybe that was the ultimate goal. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure we will find out or not. Either way, is still acceptable. Yeah. Uh, it is a Nolan <laughs> production. Now, the piece of paper that was handed to her by Felix with the information, it said Park 3, I think. Does that mean like if Westworld's Park 1, for example, and Samurai World's Park 2, is she in another park now? Like, do they reuse these hosts in different parks? Oh, wow. And is she going to have to go to another park? That's how I'm thinking maybe we find Samurai World or something else in Season 2. I can't believe we didn't see a horde of naked robots killing humans i thought that's what was going to happen at the end when the cold storage was completely um empty but it was weird to see them come out in like clothes they found like scrapped clothes it looked like it scrappy clothes at the end when they and i you know what a big moment i loved in the last episode when they're standing there at the celebration and you know ford's giving his speech and uh they come out of the woods these reawoken robots as part of this final narrative yep and, the man and they graze the man first. in black's arm And it's the first time he smiled Yeah, yeah Because he's that. just like Fuck, they're finally shooting and hurting yeah, yeah, me yeah, yeah. It was great I thought that was such a cool moment Which sums up his character so well Like this I, guy. Wonder, I wonder how many of them died Do you reckon the man in black died in that, in no. that fire? No, yeah. that was like a graze Like he's probably Ford probably programmed But, like, but then but, but, uh, Dolores is just shooting everybody Yeah 
That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that was hectic. Do you reckon like a bunch of riders died? I don't know. Yeah. Or or was she killing other robots? I don't even know. We don't know. We don't know what she was shooting at, but I think that Ford Ford definitely programmed it to not kill the man in black and be like, there you go. You got your wish. Right. They dangerous now. And you know who didn't die that I was (laughs) certain would? Sylvester. Yeah. Thought he was going to die too. Didn't he die? No, they, no, they, they left just kind him, of left him. And they said that they were going to send what's-her-name back, but... Clem? Is that who the blonde girl with the tattoo Oh, is? no, no, no. Yeah, no, Clem was the the sex worker robot who worked for Tandy Newton. Who oh, yeah, and now she's like kind of brainless. Badass. No, she kept, she was at the end. I saw her when she came out to shoot everybody. She's been like reawoken as part of that last narrative thing. Oh, right, sweet. She was in that weird so. horde of um, now-clothed, once-naked robots. <laughs> The first thing they did in their program when they were wakened up. Humility. People need clothes. Knit clothes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I thought it was great. I really look forward to rewatching it, but I don't think I will for another two years. Yeah, right. I I probably will have to watch it sooner. Yeah. Tell me how it holds up again. Yeah. I'm sure it will hold up fine in, you know, a week. (laughs) Uh, Sorry we don't watch Game of Thrones, you guys. I'm fine with that. No, I am too. I accept your apology. I saw a lot of people watch it. I accept our apology. Uh, So, yeah. Look, I don't think this is... I mean, a first season's ever fucking flawless. No, we really liked True Detective season one. We really liked Silicon Valley season one. Those yeah. are both HBO shows. But I feel like this is like this is this is just really really solid. And like, yeah, we'll definitely you'll be rewarded with with second viewings. The music was good. I definitely wish that there was less Radiohead piano covers in it. See, I had no problem with that. <laughs> so, but there are other bands more than Radiohead. Like the the by far for me, like the best piano cover in there was Black Hole Sun. And yeah, that I, was dope. I, I actually wanted to hear more like semi-shitty rock songs. Yeah, that would have been cool. No, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take a Radiohead piano cover any day. That's <laughs> the, that's the, uh, the white guy in me. It was still, yeah, that, that was like, that was very on the nose for me. Especially when they did the No, you know what would have been on the nose? The if film, they used the Paranoid Android. Like that's so no, fucking... No, Creep. If they use Creep. No, but I mean like given the plot of oh, the show. Oh, right. Like yeah, sure. that's on the nose. Well, I guess all the humans are creeps. True. So my answer works too. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, both win. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, if I, I hope we get the the second season sooner, but I, apparently because they were writing it while they were shooting it, it's oh, just wow. impossible to, to yeah sure doubt these other. So yeah, it's it's extremely unlikely that we'll get it in less than two years. I'm excited, regardless. Me too. Um, so next week, a little film comes out by a UK director known as Gareth Edwards. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about it several times since we started the podcast. What's it called? It's called uh, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Can't wait. It's, it's happening. We're going to be seeing it in Seven Sleeps. Mm-hmm. No, because we'll be sleepless for one of them. <laughs> uh, I just thought maybe we could take a moment before we like our next episode is totally going to be a reaction to the midnight screening, guys. So strap yourselves in for spoilers. We're getting early with the spoiler warning. I was wondering if there was any predictions, any... Anything you'd like to say about the movie before we see it? Um, I kind of want to predict you. <laughs> predict me. Because um, it was real magical last year. It was Midnight amazing. Screening. Uh, you were so anxious to get into the screen. There were so many people crammed in that cinema. And I knew that if I didn't get a, a big drink and a big thing of popcorn, I'd fall asleep. Yeah. And thank fuck I did. Because midway through the 
through some of the slower parts of Force Awakens, I started to like drift. You got a bit sleepy. We drank a lot of booze before. Yeah, let's screening. not do that this oh, time. Can we? No, I can't risk it. Okay, I can't risk it. But uh, that yeah. was such a fault in our design. I drank so much. Uh, we had so many like coke. depressants before we went to see this movie. It was so silly. But uh, I drank all my frozen coke. I like smashed that in the first ten minutes, and then I so I had no. I, I came down from my sugar rush. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, I've got. Like a kilo of popcorn, and it's and the so driest that, that, thing ever. And that kept me awake. It was great. Jesus, um, but uh, I guess there there isn't that. I I don't know. I predict that even though we're going into this with less risk, mm-hmm. I predict you might be way more disappointed than if Force Awakens was bad. If this is, um, look, I'm not too sure. This. I don't know what to expect. This has been the year of bad blockbusters. Yeah. Um, take this as you will. George Lucas saw it. And remember his lukewarm, tepid response about The Force Awakens when that came out? Oh, I didn't realize. The, the no, he like said it. the fans will like it. It's what they've wanted for a very long time. Right. He's like, it was good. Um, he's seen this movie and has said he loves it. Right. He saw the screening and Gareth Edwards is like, I can die happy now. Like, that's, that's all I needed to hear. That's very interesting that that information's come out before. So our friend, a friend so of the George show, George likes it a lot more than he did the Force Awakens, and he found the Force Awakens to be quite a lot of complaints with this. I, this isn't a complaint of mine because Star Wars movies riff on every Star Wars movie before it. Uh, he found it too similar to films that he'd made, right? Which I can see that as a valid complaint. So now he's vouched for, I don't agree for, with for, it. for Rogue One and a uh, friend of this show and, and guest of, of, of HeyFam, Steel Saunders, yeah. did a great, yes, uh, great status today. update today about... Um, How um, James Cameron really liked Terminator Genesis. <laughs> so take, take the... Uh, However, James Cameron's still making money off Terminator. George Lucas isn't making any money off Star Wars anymore. That's a really good point. He has no personal investment. Um, he sold that. He made his money. He made four billion bucks. Uh, look, I, th- I, I yeah... I don't know how I'm going to react. I think I disagree with what you said. I think the risk is lower, but it might mean. Here's the thing that gets me: like we've talked about this before. These Star Wars standalone movies—they're going to be about anything to do with Star Wars. They're never going to have sequels. We've been told this stuff, but yet they're doing a prequel, which Disney are trying to shy away from the existence of the existing prequels. Like it's a very safe bet still. This storyline. I find that quite odd. Like, I can see why they did it because they want to make money. They want to have a Darth Vader in it to sell tickets on the idea that Darth Vader's in a film. Like, I would have loved if they did a Star Wars movie a thousand years before the original trilogy. A thousand years? Yeah, like when Jedi Knights were rife, Sith were rife. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, just a completely different standalone movie in the Star Wars galaxy. That, to me, is like a baller move. It's like, oh, shit. But now, have you read anything about the 28 minutes that was screened at Skywalker Ranch this week? No. Any of the reactions? Also, I have no idea what Skywalker Ranch is. Ugh. <laughs> the Skywalker Ranch is in... Oh, no. Can I share this first? Um, Angus sent me a picture today. Like, oh, my God. Look what <laughs> look what was seen by, um, behind the scenes on the Rogue One set. And it's a picture. And in the background, you can see a... Um, a it's sh- like in a behind-the-scenes video showing, like, the creature workshop. But in the background, there's 
Well, it's a it's a shirtless uh, Darth Vader, you know, with his head all fucked up, and he's got the mouth, the little ma- the mask on his mouth, and I knew it was Darth Vader immediately. But I just wrote, it's Bane. And I just didn't respond. <laughs> not now, not close proximity to film. I was like, oh my God, look what they saw, look what they found. It was so cool though. There's gonna there's potentially going to be a, 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 a goddamn less crispy version of a armorless Vader in this film. That's cool. Imagine if Bane was in it though. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh, Skywalker Ranch is so, that's where Skywalker Sound is. It's where like the Lucasfilm archives is. It's where a lot of... You know, it's 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 a seminal part of Star Wars lore. It's in Marin County in California where George cows? grew up. I'd say so. There's a winery. There's All a vineyard. Right. They yeah, they make Skywalker wine. Yeah, you make wine from cows. Yeah, you can make milk, uh, dairy wine. Um, Twenty eight minutes was shown this week to a bunch of people there. Spoiler free, but everyone's like, it is very different to any Star Wars movie, and this is what I'm saying. Despite the fact it was, it's a safe plot, and uh, to me, a safe setting. Apparently, the way in which it's made, everyone's like, it is not your traditional Star Wars movie. The Force Awakens was shot very traditionally like Star Wars, which itself is a rift on riff on Lucas's love of Kurosawa, like classic frame shots, like epic, you know, they're like, this is handheld cameras, quick, quick shots. Like it doesn't look like Star Wars. It doesn't sound like Star Wars. Um, how much of a spoiler do you want me to give you in terms of whether there's an opening crawl in all 11s? Do you want to be told that? I, I, no- I think I think for our listeners, maybe not. Guys, if you don't want to listen to if there's an opening crawl to this movie or not, skip ahead 30 seconds. Have you done that? Good. There's no opening crawl. There's no crawl. opening crawl. It just starts. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I'm all for this. There's no opening Nick crawl. There's no opening Nick crawl show. Uh, yeah. And it just starts with a bang and hits the ground running and is very different to any Star Wars we've seen before. And to me, this is like, okay, when I hear this stuff, I don't care that it's set then. And I'm like, you know what? This is risky. This is going to be risky. There's no John Williams score. It's not that the guy's dead. They're just doing different scores for these. Like, it's going to be a very different Star Wars movie. And now, the more I think about that and the more I'm hearing that it is actually risky and not a carbon copy of another Star Wars movie just set somewhere else, that's what's got me excited. So, I'm like, cool. I'm all on board. I'm on board. Have you got Have you got predictions? I do have predictions. Do you, um, do you think Mendo is going to die? Oh, absolutely. Mendo's dead. I think he's going to die. What about, um, what about Jin? Um, is it a name? Yeah, I don't know. Yes, she's the main character, Jin. Yeah, yeah. Jin, yeah. Sorry, she is. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yes. I think she's going to die. Okay. Um, now I've been rewatching them, as I've told you. Uh, this all on the, Sunday. All the Star Wars movies. You, we've watched one, one through six. Yes, I've watched one through six. I watched uh, the prequel trilogy last weekend. The weekend that just passed, I watched the original trilogy. And Pablo Hidalgo, who has probably the job I'm most jealous of in the world, in, if you're a Star Wars fan, you obviously know who he is, but he is the keeper of the holocron, so to speak. He keeps continuity in the Star Wars series. He's been there, part of the story team for years, two, a couple of decades. He tweeted this interesting um, tweet, as you would on the platform known <laughs> as Twitter. Um, recently, I'm trying to find it now. It was basically a shot from A New Hope when... Uh, a bunch of the Imperial officers are sitting around a meeting table and it's when Vader does the first, like, choking from afar and says, uh, you know, the, the, the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. There's some uh, very British, very villainous-looking men in that room and one of them says, I'm about to get to it here, dangerous to your Starfleet commander, 
not this battle station. And he tweeted, an important scene worth a rewatch in coming weeks for several reasons. Really? And if you go to the replies, a lot of people notice some empty chairs at this table. A person wearing a similar outfit to Krennix, which is uh, Mendo. So, this movie makes me think... <coughs> make you think? Make me think that it's set really close to A New Hope. Like, straight into it almost. So, predictions? I think there might be a reference to a certain Jedi who helps the Rebellion. One of the only Jedi that's still around. Mr. Kenobi. Uh-huh. Whether that's an appearance or not, I don't know. I know his voice was in The Force Awakens. Freshly recorded too, not made from a archived Wait, is that Ewan t- McGregor dialogue. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Um, I think then in that chance, if it is leading as close as to we think we will, maybe perhaps a certain old Iranian princess, maybe alluded to or even seen from afar, and perhaps a certain white, blue and silver robot and a gold robot may also be seen. Who are all seminal figures in the intro to New Hope? And what's interesting when I was rewatching, how could, that, how could they be in it? How could R two D two and C three PO be in it? Well, they're on the ship at the start that Vader invades to try and get the plans off Princess Leia, oh, and yeah, she hides the. Fi- have you seen the Star Wars movies? <laughs> I'm editing that bit. <laughs> she out. hides the plans, which is stolen in Rogue One in R two D two. Who then her twin brother yep, finds? You're right. They're definitely going to be in it. <laughs> like these guys are going to have to be in it. That's a pretty, and I think this is being kept from marketing. What about Picard? <laughs> It depends if this is a time travel based Star Wars, uh, in which case the USS Enterprise will, f- no, I'm just <laughs> will find itself travel- hurtling through time and space. Or is this more a holodeck episode where they're pretending to travel? Worf? Worf going to be in this one? Oh, Worf in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to Worf it. <laughs> he's going to look to the camera and say, let's Worf it, Rogue t- One. That's, he's, yeah, he's friends with the Rogue One team. I haven't watched the first Star Wars in a few years, guys. That's very evident. Um, having watched it mere hours ago. Uh, a line which never meant much to me before, and I'm not sure why. Like, I, I, I must be honest, I haven't watched one to six since seven, and I've watched seven probably 10 to 12 times this year. I, this is the first time I went back and watched it. And just because, like, now, you know, when you look at a word long enough, like, I see the word the Beatles, because I've seen that logo for years, and it, it doesn't even say the Beatles to me. It's like you, with you, you're saying Archie sees the word shape of Star Wars and he knows what it is. Yep. The opening crawl for episode four is that to me. Like, I've seen it so many times. I can recite it that... Go. I, well, no, I'm not going to. No, no, put no, me go. on the spot. I'm not going to. I've already... And I can't either because I've also got something on my screen to show you which has got the uh, opening crawl in yeah, it. Yeah, you think, you think I'm bad for not even knowing that... Uh, <laughs> that R2-D2 R2-D2 has the fucking <laughs> Death Star plans. Um, you can't even do the crawl. Baby, I'm doing the crawl. But the opening paragraph of it was... Had a very... This, this, I'm going to sound so fucking Captain Obvious. But uh, after... A long time ago, blah, blah, blah. It is a period of civil war. Mm-hmm. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first vi- vi- victory against the Galactic Empire. So that makes me think like, I don't know how old the rebellion is yet, but they've just been losing and losing. And we're going to see that first victory, I think, in the final moments of the film. Like, And for some reason, I just read that as, eh, the rebellion has been around. I, like, I didn't know the time frame. Like, did that mean years earlier, decades earlier? We know, I think now we know that this is going to be like boom straight before, like this, that's how the movie's going to end. They're going to be such a losing faction, the rebellion, that we're going to see the first significant win. Like we don't know a lot about the rebellion, and what we've seen is very much just like, let's go get them, boys. Like we haven't really seen the whole oh shit, this is very difficult, and we're trying to yeah. What are we? Know. What are we rebelling against exactly? Yeah, exactly. Do they play dirty? I'm not too sure. Are they? You know, we've seen a very 
pristine version of what the rebellion is, the Luke Skywalker heroes, etc. But what, what about non-force users? What about people giving up their life? I don't know. I think we're going to see some very interesting. But yeah, that for once that line stuck out. I was like, oh, they just won their first victory. That means they're going to be in a pretty shit spot in this film, like for most of it until that victory. So I think there's a lot of clues in A New Hope. Like I think it's almost worth watching before you and the listener. I'm looking at Levens as I say this. I think it's worth watching before you see Rogue One. Just, just, just episode four. Just like a memorize that crawl. So, so well, just so just you figure out like which a- robots are in it. <laughs> just figure out the famous plot points of the film. Who's in it? The Iron Giant. He's in it. Um, Mega Man. I can't even joke about it because I watched it so recently. Mega Man's in it. This is just you know I'm not going to have Bender. Any of this. Bender. Bender's got the plans for the. Uh, you didn't the know Ford that you had Falcon. the plans, didn't you? Like you just. Yeah, I did know that. I just forgot. I I just immediately skipped forward to the scene where um, Uncle Ben and, uh, and Uncle Owen, Uncle and Obi Wan Kenobi, Uncle Ben. Fuck. Just you have. To, I don't think you've seen the Star Wars. Uh, yeah. I, I know the crawl. I'll do the crawl. Do it. Well, <laughs> this is a story all about how my life got. You flopped, can't do this. Flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, and tell you how I became the prince of a town called Alderaan. You just, you can't do that. Why not? It's too soon. It's Star Wars month. <laughs> it's Star Wars month, everybody. Yeah, it's Star Wars month until they start... Re- you know what? I don't want episode eight to come out in May of 2018 like it's going to. Oh, is, that, is that the plan? No. Episode nine, I mean, is coming out in May. 2000 and when? 18. 11. No. 11. Nin- 2011. 19. 19. Sorry, there's a lot of timelines. It's very late, everybody. Yeah, it's like one one thirty. I swear my, my Star Wars knowledge goes down exponentially uh, past 10 p.m. Yeah, you're like a mogwai. Like, we're not allowed to talk about Star Wars, yeah, yeah, or you start getting it or, wrong. If you go back and listen to our mid our um, review of... Uh, Force Awakens? Uh, yeah, that's what it's called. Fuck, that's some, like, <laughs> suicide hours. <laughs> So that, that, I want to go back and retitle that episode like the real suicide. Yeah, squad. but you're fine. I'm terrible, <laughs> like way worse than usual too. And I'm terrible. You've been coasting by my Star Wars knowledge for years. <laughs> You've got to watch. Trust me, watch episode four before you go see this. I yeah. think you're going to get a hell of a lot more about it, and also like less embarrassing moments will arise in your future. No, nah, that was worth it. I just can't believe like you didn't know that. <laughs> it's like the most famous movie. Ever. Is it the most famous movie ever? I don't know. What about Pretty Woman? Just, you've got to stop. <laughs> you can't joke about it. It's a sacred month. What about um, Popeye with Robin, Robin Williams? Look, Robert Altman is a fine director and Robin Williams was taken from us too soon. Uh, yes. Okay, Popeye what about is. Uncle Ben? I, just, I Uncle, ben. I Uncle Ben. <laughs> I read a Spider-Man comic today. Give me a break. <laughs> like, this is what happens when your life is... Consuming and creating content. No, I'm just trying really hard to not be Kevin Smith now. So you are you are Westworlding. You're a robot. You're having a freak out. You're getting your memories mixed up. Separate timeline. Yeah, um, I'm wearing a black t-shirt and the man in black right now. So so am I. Also, he wasn't a robot. So is he? <laughs> doesn't really work. Is Tanny Newton in a New Hope? Is she? I don't, no, she's not. I'm just saying, is she a robot? <laughs> I was riffing on what you were saying two minutes ago. No, she plays... Um, um, Baru? Yeah. No. Well, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben Kenobi. <laughs> You've been listening to the Hey Fam, everybody. Shit, that was a brutal last 20 minutes of <laughs> me was, pointing out the obvious plot points of the I, first Star Wars film. I have to turn turn off the, the recording device because Angus, police come Angus to has us. pulled a shotgun out. <laughs> you program me too. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. We are... Uh, 
on Facebook. Facebook.com slash HeyFanPodcast. Send us an email. Uh, HeyFanPodcast at gmail.com. We love getting them. We generally read them. And we tell each other when we get one. And uh, if, you've li- if you've made it through the episode this far, kudos to you. I, yeah. I, I would get a real kick out of um, everyone <laughs> scolding Angus for not knowing what happens in the first Star Wars movie. Can you guys roast me on my wall? Star Wars 1, A New Home. Uh, <laughs> you've got to stop. <laughs> Can I actually speak about... Um, Emails that we got. We got a great brief one this week yeah. from somebody called Kay Allen. I don't care to find out their full name just because I love the mystery. Uh, I Actually, I just did. I clicked on their full email and it displayed it. Oh, I'm not going to say it. The mystery is for you now. Uh, it just says, love your work team. New line. Keep it up. New line. Love the egg memes. Fucking egg. <laughs> New line. Patreon going to happen or have I missed it? New line. You. <laughs> Next line. Have a bloody great weekend. <laughs> New line. I wrote this email like a real dickhead. New line. Many sentence. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's a beautiful email. It's a 10 out of 10 email. It's, it's almost like something you and I send each other just saying egg. That's one of the greatest lines we've ever received. Love the egg memes. Fucking egg. Zero punctuation. <laughs> just, but you know what? My thoughts exactly. <laughs> uh, tweet that uh, Angus has no idea what he's talking about in regards to Star Wars. Number one. Are you going to George Lucas this episode and digitally remaster it so I look like the person that doesn't know what happens in Star Wars? That's a really good idea. I'm not going to do that because it t- will take too long. Yeah. But if, if there are, everyone hates about, you. But Angus is not going to listen to it anyway. So, if everyone yeah. can pretend that I did that, yeah. tweet at him, at Jimmy Changus. I can't believe you said that about Star Wars number one. <laughs> it's not even called That's that. That's what it's called. Star Wars number one. A new home. A new home. <laughs> You've got to stop that. It's, there's some better, things we can joke about. Better hopes and gardens. <laughs> There's some things we can joke about. At Jimmy Changus is on is uh, what Angus is on Twitter. I decree December, not the month of Christmas, but the month of Star Wars. All right, and uh, you can find me at Lev Dog. Um, just make sure, just congratulate me. Just on for, the IMDb page, trying to figure out what the hell was in the Star Wars movie. A <laughs> bit spelling Star Wars wrong. Just spelling like, writing with an O. Just hurting my feelings. <laughs> Putting H's in places where H's never belong. At Lev Dog on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you hey, next week. If you thought this episode was hard to listen to, wait to hear the next one. Oh man, we're, we're going to be hitting that record button at, at least three a.m. Oh, at least it's brutal. At least can't I, wait. I uh, can't wait to. <laughs> don't watch. Don't watch Star Wars. Am I going to cry again? Did I cry in the last one? Star Wars. Or am I the just first? crying now? You, you bawled your eyes out in the movie. Yeah, I got really sad when Luke when Luke died. An <laughs> <laughs> old Ben car, <laughs> and then Peter Parker took up the mantle. All right, everybody, enjoy your morning. We'll see you next. Did week. Did you see me crying? Did you yeah. watch me? Oh, that I was, was so weird. Next to you. You I didn't cried. know that you were watching me. <laughs> I had glasses on. I couldn't watch that bullshit movie you were watching. <laughs> I was watching you. <laughs> That kid getting bit by a spider, that's horse shit. That could never happen. <laughs> At least what would happen, you just puff up. You wouldn't get powers. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this was a weird one, wasn't this it? This is a real good one. It's a hot one. See you next week, fam. Uh, enjoy your morning. Hey! Bam, 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 hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Hey Fam. If you're not completely sick of my voice, why don't you go and check out one of my other podcasts? One of them is called The Mitchin and is all about the Sydney food and bar scene. And the other one is called Serious Issues and it's all about comic books. If you uh, get angry that Angus and I don't talk about comic books anymore, it's because all I do is talk about comic books at Serious Issues. So go there instead. Uh, you can find both of the podcasts on iTunes. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. 
We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.